Thank you, Kayla. All right, so... You know, no. I, I almost wore those same shoes today. Was Kim wearing them? That would, no, no, they're in my closet, so... <laughs> well, look, thanks. thank you to both of you for, for promoting for this us. and this great opportunity. Uh, but just this morning, I was learning about your trip to the border that Congressman Jim Banks organized a bunch of congressmen to go down to the border. And the great thing about me being here and, and all the people that are watching live on Rumble more than just the people in Fort Wayne are going to learn about what Congressman Banks was doing, try to bring attention to the crisis that we have on the border. I was just there. But he did some very creative things, like bring he invited some real news <laughs> investigators on, but he also invited the fake news uh, with him. But I, I think everybody wants to hear about this trip to the border. It was a really remarkable opportunity, especially for someone from the local media. I'm not from CNN. I'm not from Politico. I'm not from any kind of post or times. Um, and so it was you know, really remarkable thing that Congressman Banks even invited Wobo to be a part of the trip. But what was really unique about this experience is I got to go down there and witness everything with, with my own eyes. And when I yeah. came back and got on the flight from McAllen, Texas, back to Fort Wayne, Indiana, I started reading coverage um, <laughs> from some of the other reporters and journalists that were there along with me. Um, what they didn't know is I wrote down all their names and exactly what organization uh, that they worked for so I could specifically look up their work. Um, Politico, CNN, uh, The Washington Post, uh, a few others that I can't recall off the top of my head. And their headlines were just astonishing. And I think that the big ones that really stood out to me were the headlines about, uh, oh, the AP was another one too, um, about Congressman ben Jim Banks going down to the border for a power grab. Congressman Banks going down there for a photo op. And immediately I thought, well, if he was going for a photo op, he could have went to El Paso like Kamala Harris did. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, but when I came back from that trip, that was zero of the headline I got. Um, and unfortunately, Congressman Jim Banks, my, my headline wasn't about you. It was about the crisis at the southern border and the story that isn't being told at the southern border. So I made that my personal mission when I came back uh, to, in my free time, write, write an op-ed about the experience to actually share what was occurring at the southern border, not whether or not Congressman Banks was there for an opportunity to say cheese in front of the border wall. So you guys went out uh, at night, because I've been down to the border, too, on, on, on a couple different trips. But uh, you went out at night, uh, a group of, of members of Congress, along with probably some Border Patrol folks. Uh, you had cameras, you're, and you were, you were watching people flow across the border. Tell us about, uh, about what, you know, the real news of what's really happening well, down there. The real story that isn't being told, we were uh, in a town called La Jolla, La Jolla, Texas, uh, population about 4,000, so a really pretty small run-down town. Um, where we were, it wasn't uh, wildly dangerous on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most dangerous. I'd say we were about a 5. In fact, the areas that are really dangerous, we were told, we weren't even allowed to go to uh, because we would either be kidnapped or murdered. So I was like, yep, let's stay clear, clear of those. I'm good in La Jolla. Um, but while we were there, you know, I went down and you hear all these stories about all these families mm -hmm. being ripped apart. And you hear about these wristbands on these children that have a name of a relative in the States with their phone number and they can contact whomever that person may be when they get here. Um, that was none of what I witnessed. If those things occur, I didn't see any of that. What I saw uh, were what appeared to be family units. And now I'm learning why those two were family unit is what they're being called. Because they're not, in fact, families. They just appear to be families. Um, the coyotes, the smugglers, the gangs, they are grouping adults with children on purpose, telling them, hey, the only way you're going to get across into the US is if you have a child with you. Right. An exact quote was, it's stupid to show up without a child to the southern border. These coyotes and smugglers know way more about our border than we do, and I think that's scary. 
And I think that's a big part of the story that isn't being told. They're trafficking drugs, they're trafficking sex, they're laundering money all across the border with these children. You know, the, when, the day after she got back, uh, she came in and she was on my program and she brought me some of these wristbands that had been cut off from the children because as soon as they've done their job, as soon as they've either brought the drugs across the border or they brought the adults across that have the drugs and they don't need them anymore, they cut their their wristband off and just leave them and they leave the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, look, Donald Trump wasn't abandoning children or ripping kids away from their parents. They were being separated from people that weren't their parents at all. I, I just think the cold heartlessness of the coyotes was seen. And when she laid those wristbands that had actually been on the arms of small children and she laid them on the desk in front of me when I was on the air that day, my heart stopped. I mean, you, you, th these are real kids whose lives will probably never be right. And it's not because of the United States. It's because of the nations they left, the nation that allowed them to pass through to get to our border, and the coyotes that are using them for criminal issues. Right. They'll even uh, throw them overboard off a raft mm -hmm. so yep. that the Border Patrol has to go get the child and that, so that they can sneak, sneak across. If you look at the, the scope of this problem, the challenge, there's probably going to be three million new people that are going to come across that border this year. Yeah. An unprecedented number. Think about think about the size of and, and, and scope of this of this challenge, but I and people say, well, why is this happening? Because they want it to happen. Mm -hmm. Kamala Harris didn't go to the border because these are the policies they want. Mm -hmm. They want open borders because they think anybody they let in is going to vote for their socialist Marxist nonsense. That's what that's what this is really about. Uh, but you know, one of the things that that I learned also uh, is that that. Congressman Banks uh, on this trip. Now I'm a little perturbed with him because I did. I, we were <laughs> You're not the a, only we, one, apparently. We you were tried. We, yeah, I'm, I understand why Pelosi kicked him <laughs> off. Now. Uh, but but I had a conversation with him. We gave a presentation about fake news and censorship, and I stood on stage with him. This was a couple weeks, I guess, before he went down to the border, and and I gave an impassioned speech that that you have to understand that 95% of the media are just a propaganda arm mm -hmm. of the Socialist Party, Democrat Party in this country. So would you walk in to the DNC, to the Democrat National Committee, and sit down with their lawyers and reporters and just do an interview with them? Would any Republican do that? Obviously not. So that's why you don't talk to the 95% of the media that aren't doing real work. They're just a propaganda arm, no different than what the Chinese dictatorship has, what Putin has in Russia. So I give this, you know, nice, you know, these remarks to a crowd like yourselves. And then Jim Banks decides to go and invite all the fake news other than yourself <laughs> and a few others and goes down there uh, with them and then they attack him. Right. And, and put all these horrible headlines. Of, of, Congressman, about even our local media attacked him. When we came back to Fort Wayne, Indiana, yeah. I read all of the national coverage while I was on the plane and was, you know, repulsed. And then I came back to Fort Wayne, Indiana and looked at all of our local headlines, our local headlines. It's our own guy. And we just trashed him. And it almost made me slightly. I mean, I was just disappointed to even say I'm a member of the media because that's not how I do my job. Yeah. And, and I, I felt bad for him. I know that he's probably used to it. He gets, he gets a lot. But, uh, you know, I, I felt bad. And I, even to take that one step further, you know, not a single reporter, anchor, what have you, in our local town, which I know a lot of them, and I know a lot of them well, didn't reach out to me and say, hey, Kayla, can you share the untold story? Yeah, they don't need to hear my political views. I get that. 
but to just share what I witnessed. Not a single one in our town reached out to me. Well, that, that's because you're just like Jim. Truth gets in the way. You know? <laughs> there, so. there, there's one other little story, if we have time. I want Kayla to share. They're getting ready for Donald Trump to arrive at the border. You have a couple of reporters next to you, mm-hmm. and they're talking. What's their conversation before the event starts? It was so fun. I felt like I was a fly on the wall, just taking it all in. Uh, I, was, I was sitting just, just as close as we are uh, in, in a media pit, and I was sitting next to two print reporters. Now, when you're in print and radio, you kind of have different seats designated to you, so I was stuck in with the, the print folks. And these two uh, younger women were chit-chatting, no joke, about the scoop that they were sent to get at the border. I'm like, the scoop? I mean, how do you know the scoop? I don't even know the scoop. Aren't we all saying the, witnessing the same thing? Um, the one woman proceeded to say that she was sent to question Governor uh, Greg Abbott about the down payment on the border wall and if he thought that was a responsible thing to do. Uh, the other person was there to uh, question Donald Trump about January 6th. While I was also there, I was uh, not too far from, uh, uh, I don't know if I can say this because we're broadcasting live, but I'm going to say it, from CNN's Jim Acosta. And he was very loud and very proud to be there. And as soon as it all ended, he immediately shouted, when are you going to apologize for the big lie? So these folks weren't there to get the story Mm -hmm. about the unfinished portion of the border wall. They weren't there to get the story of how the border wall is actually working. They were there to paint Donald Trump once again into being a mongrel, into being a threat, into being dangerous. They've already had their story pre-written. They were just simply filling in the blanks. Well, this, this is really how they do it. That's why you have to understand they come up with false narratives, fake news designed to hurt and harm Republicans and conservatives. So they don't just go out there, hey, let's go investigate at the border. Let's figure out what's the deal with the kids, who's coming across. I mean, the fact that that people are totally ignoring, it's not just people from Mexico and Central America that are coming across here. When I was at the border in California, I saw a group from Eastern Europe, a family group from Eastern Europe that had just left Eastern Europe two days before. And I said, how'd you get here? Oh, we paid the cartel to get here. And they were mad. They were sitting there waiting. A group of congressmen came up to them. What are you guys doing here? And I could tell they didn't speak Spanish because I speak kind of terrible Spanish, but I was, and they didn't speak any Spanish. So I said, and then I could figure out they, they were speaking Romanian. And, and they were complaining uh, that how badly they were treated. They paid all this money and they shouldn't have to sit there and wait in the, in the heat. I mean, it really happened. So we have people come from Eastern Europe, Africa, Asia, from everywhere. And the fact these reporters go down there and and don't actually investigate it, and they go down there with a preconceived story, what it does, you're not reporting. You're not a reporter. But we did have a funny story about a reporter, (laughs) you and Jim Banks. I was was impressed with this, uh, (laughs) that you guys got stuck. And Jim Banks and you had to, like, figure out how to get your uh, truck uh, unstuck. We, we had some good old Midwestern grit there for a moment. We were, uh, we were in La Jolla, as I mentioned, um, and it was maybe pushing 2 o'clock in the morning, give or take. Um, and Congressman Banks, when I say he didn't go down for a photo op or a power grab, like, he was so aggressive of trying to get to see everything he could in the very short amount of time that we had while we were there. And so uh, a part of that aggressiveness came out when we were trying to get to one end of the border wall that we were at where construction had just stopped. We were on one end where it stopped. We were trying to get to the other side. And it had rained and rained and rained monsoons before we arrived. And so there's just a ton of mud everywhere. Um, so at one point, it's just Congressman Banks, myself, my photog that I took along with me, and uh, our guide. And we're in this little you know, car, and it gets stuck in the mud. And our guide just takes off running, says, I better go find Border Patrol. And uh, my photog and I were like, Congressman, just hop in the front seat. We'll, we'll push you out. And Congressman Banks is like, yeah, I can drive in the snow. The mud's not much different. So there we were in about a foot of mud, uh, all 130 pounds of me, along with my photog. She's about the same. 
pushing him out of the mud in La Jolla, Texas, in the middle of nowhere. I couldn't even tell you where we were um, and, and with our guide completely gone, just the three of us. And I think that story is funny and it's great, which by the way, it was our pushing, not your driving that got you out, Congressman Banks. Um, and I, I tell that story and it is funny, obviously. Uh, by the way, I split my pants uh-huh. Um, when I, I Let me ask you well. a question. How many of you think Penny Pitch this year, I could get somebody to give us 500 bucks oh, for her split pants? Yeah, Anybody? Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but, I, but I shared that story uh, multiple times because what I wanted people to know is that Congressman Banks was not there to say cheese yeah. um, for a photo op or a power grab because he was that aggressive to want to get to the location that we were trying to get to. There was no other congressmen or women with us trying to get to where we were going. And I don't know that many other congressmen or women would have hopped in the front seat and been like, yeah, girls, give it a, give it a push. I just, that's what I love about him. He's genuine. He's a human. He's real. Um, trust me, you wanted me pushing, not driving. We should just change this from the Devonist Freedom Tour to the Jim Banks Roasting Tour. Yeah, roasting. <laughs> yeah but, but let me tell you something, though. What Kayla is saying about the fact that he didn't go down there just to have the flash bulbs go off but to get the real story, I will tell you this. I did not know Jim Banks that well in 2016 mm -hmm. when he was first elected. He was serving down at the State House, but not for my district. But now to represent the whole third, because he was following Marlon Stutzman, another great conservative, and, and, and you go into it with a little bit of hesitancy. In about six months, that started to wear off. And within the first year, I will tell you, uh, I will stand with Jim Banks for anything that he runs for, anything that he tells me, I'm taking it to the bank. Again, Amen. truth never changes, and it never dies. I've never had Jim Banks lie to me, not a single time, and I don't believe he ever will. He is the real deal. Well, I'm going to exit the stage here in just a second, but uh, being that you have me here, you have any? You guys have any questions for me? What's California like? <laughs> no, no, seriously. Do you, do you feel like, because you're in the 22nd, so you're in the greater Fresno area, which is not San Francisco and it's not L.A. Um, San Diego is a bit more conservative than L.A., but where you're at, do you genuinely feel like an island in the middle of a mess? I mean, it, it's got to feel that way. Well, California is, is like a country. Uh, there's 40, nearly 40 million people, uh, but there's a, we have half the country's homelessness now. So there's homeless running around everywhere. Uh, and we've got the highest taxes, highest gas prices. We're, for the first time in California's history, we actually lost population last year. And that's saying something. For those of you who've been in California, it's the most blessed piece of property on the planet. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have everything from beaches, great weather, water. It's and gorgeous. then wh where I'm from is the most productive agricultural land in the world. We grow over 300 different crops. You know, any almost anything imaginable grows there and that's that's where I grow uh, that's where I grew up and I live right in the heart of that. And so there really is this difference of of what you see in San Francisco and the craziness that comes out of there by people like Pelosi and, and, and Newsom and, and what you see, it's, it's really, and this part of why I'm on this tour is to warn people about what is happening in California because this started happening when I was a kid. They started cutting off our water to farms, uh, you know, in, in the name of the, the environment, you know, who's not for the environment? Of course, we all are, and farmers are the best environmentalists because you have to actually work with the environment to make things grow. Uh, and that's what drove me into politics. And to see what's happened here, to see the really apparatchiks, they're really, this is a Soviet style Marxist system where you have one party rule and you end up with people like Newsom 
who can just get away with running around telling everybody, oh, you all have to wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask, restaurants have to close. And then he can be busted at one of the most expensive restaurants yep. in the state of California, having a fancy dinner inside without masks, and yet nobody knows about it. So the independents that are there being censored by social media, they don't know that this freak who has never really run for any office, he's never had a real challenge, he was basically just appointed and put into the position that he gets to tell everybody to wear masks, but he doesn't have to, right? And, and all these restaurants were closed at the time all over the state. My, my county was closed for the longest time. People were, were out of work. I mean, they suffered tremendously. But then let's also take that that he wouldn't let the schools open. But then what people don't know, but his kids got to go to private school. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, so that's, those are the types of things uh, that I'm trying to bring to the rest of the country. We're trying to break through the fake news and break through uh, the censorship of the tech oligarchs. Uh, and so thank you all for being here and thanks a lot for having me. And I know you're gonna bring up our next guest. Yes, yes. Hey, let's thank him for being here. We're all here because of him. <laughs> Devin Nunez. Thank you. Thank you.